0: as the 22nd anniversary of 911 i often hear people say never forget and my question is what to what end do we not forget and i want to talk about 911 from a perspective of christianity and jesus as an inarguably nonviolent person and teacher. And we'll talk about why some would disagree with that. Let's talk about 9-11 from a perspective of Jesus as a proponent of nonviolence. And I'll start with playing a TikTok video I did today. This is my video I made today in honor of memorializing 9-11. On this 22nd anniversary of 9-11, and we remember those lost in the pain of that horrible day, can we also take a moment to consider and remember that Jesus Christ of the Christian Bible was a decidedly strong proponent of nonviolence? I once heard an American operative who had worked in the Middle East for a long time say, America will never be able to solve its problems in the Middle East until we stop bombing things in the Middle East. He said, every time we blow things up in the Middle East, we prove once again to the people there that we are what the extremists say we are, and another 100 families give their children to Al-Qaeda. That's a pretty harsh blowback on the narrative that Middle Eastern people hate us just because we're Christian and good. Jesus said, if you live by the sword, you will also die by it, which makes it interesting that many of America's holidays celebrate our ability to commit violence around the world. Heck, when Donald Trump was president, he even wanted to turn July 4th into Soviet-style military parades with our tanks and soldiers parading down Pennsylvania Avenue. And our extreme love of the Second Amendment is based in the idea of our home only being safe if we're able to commit acts of violence within it. Yet Jesus talked about self-protection coming out of personal strength. Jesus said, if someone sues you for your cloak, give him also your tunic. This despite the fact that the law of the land in his day said you couldn't take someone's tunic because it was considered they couldn't survive without the warmth of that inner garment. Jesus said, if you only love those who agree with you and are close to you, how are you any different than the worst person in the world? But the mark of someone truly with the heart of God is someone who can love those they believe unworthy of love, and to love those they consider enemies of their religion, their race, and their nationality. Now, this was not a call from Jesus to allow ourselves to be abused. That's never okay. But it was a clarion call to say, if you use violence for self-protection, you will draw violence to yourself. While if you reach out in love and relationship, you will also draw the same. Perhaps something worth considering as we remember this terrible day. So that's my take on 9 And I always find it interesting that our Christian president at the time and his Christian vice president and Christian secretary of state decided that we needed to kick somebody's ass for 9-11. We needed revenge. And so under false pretenses, we went to war with uh, the country of Iraq. And uh, estimates are we killed two to 300,000 innocent people in that war until we finally pulled out of Afghanistan. And in some ways, we're still In wars in the Middle East right now, but my son, who will be 20 in just a couple of weeks, has never known a day in his life when the United States was not in a war. We've run up huge deficits because of those wars, and we didn't even go after the people who did it in many ways. We picked somebody that we could bully Saddam Hussein in Iraq, a man that we put into power in the first place. And I just ask, and, and somebody today said, Hey, are you blaming the people who died in the buildings for what happened to them? And the and and it's a good question. And no, that's I'm not like Pat Robertson, hey, we had Katrina because New Orleans is a den of iniquity kind of stuff. But I do believe there is something about if we live in violence, we draw violence to ourselves. Jesus said it, as I talked about in the video, live by the sword, die by the sword. This was after Peter had grabbed his sword when a legion of Roman soldiers showed up to arrest Jesus. And he chopped the ear off, according to the story in the gospel of one of the helpers of the soldiers. And Jesus told him, put it away, rebuked him, one of the gospels says Jesus healed the ear of the man that was cut. And Jesus made that statement. If you live by the sword, you will die by the sword. And I believe what Jesus was saying was the principle of reciprocity. What we, the Bible says, cast your bread on the water and it'll come home to you. What you put out is what you get back. And so for the United States, Much of our celebration of ourselves as a people is in our ability to commit violence against other people. And so a narrative came up after 9-11, oh, those Middle Eastern Muslim people do these things to us out of the blue. They hate us because we're Christian and good. That's a pretty simple statement that simply isn't true. As I mentioned in the video there, if you ever see the documentary Zero Dark Thirty about the killing of Osama bin Laden and there's a movie Zero Dark Thirty, but there's also a documentary and an American operative in that documentary said every time we blow something up in the Middle East, we prove to the people of the Middle East that we are what the extremists say that we are. And he said, America will never be able to solve its problems in the Middle East until it stops blowing things up in the Middle East. We propped up the Shah of Iran for like 60 years as a dictator who treated his people horribly. And we have to expect that some of the world looks at us and says, you guys aren't quite the nice, peace-loving people you say you are. And all of our holidays tend to point towards our celebration of our ability to create acts of violence around the world. And so we shouldn't be surprised that violence is visited upon us because a bully is only a bully on the playground until somebody gets the courage up to punch them in the nose. And generally you find out they're not quite as big a bully. As you thought. And so, for many decades, the United States has been the bully of the world, and we believe it is our God given right to be. And to believe so, we need to look at other nations throughout history who have believed they were God's choice for being the bully of the world. Jesus was undeniably. Nonviolent, and let me tell you, because some people will say, "Well, he said he told the disciples to go buy a sword," and that's in the the Bible in Luke twenty-two. In Luke twenty-two thirty-six. Jesus said to them, uh, "Let the one who has a money bag take it, and likewise a knapsack, and one who has no sword sell his cloak and buy one." But the problem is. Very likely there, Jesus is not telling the disciples to go by a sword. If he was, then why did he tell Peter to put his sword away and declare to him, if you live by the sword, you die by the sword? And if we look at Luke 20, the verse 37 of Luke 22, he says, I tell you that the scripture must be fulfilled and he was numbered with the transgressor for is written about me as its fulfillment. And they said, Lord, Lord, here are two swords. And he said to them, it is enough. So what I believe is happening here, and as I will often tell you about the Bible, it is arguable. Sometimes we don't know exactly what the passages meant. We're reading words that were written somewhere in the first century and now has been translated to English in the 20th century most likely or thousands of years later. So we can argue sometimes about what it means. What we see happening here is Jesus says, get a sword. And they're like, well, look, we have two swords. And Jesus says, that's enough. And he says, this is why I said that, because the prophecy of the Messiah is that he will be counted among the transgressors. So with the two swords, you guys will now be considered enemies of the Roman Empire And thus, scripture will be fulfilled. He didn't say, go get more swords so that you can fight against a legion of Roman soldiers. He says, oh, we have two. That's enough. And if you don't believe that Jesus is nonviolent, then the other story I mentioned is in Matthew 5, When Jesus says, you've heard it said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. So he's stating, here's the the Jewish law that you live under. Eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. The idea being, if somebody kills somebody in your family, you've got to go kill somebody in theirs. And Jesus said, but that's not how the kingdom of heaven works. He, He then goes into the passage where he says, If somebody slaps you on the right cheek, turn your left cheek to them also. And he says, if anyone would sue you to take your cloak, let him have your tunic. So what Jesus is talking about here is the law of the day that said, if somebody is in debt to you and is not paying their debt, you can sue them and take their cloak, their outer garment as part of your repayment for your debt but it was illegal to take their tunic, the inner garment, which was considered necessary for survival for a person. So Jesus said, if somebody sues you for your cloak, instead of jumping into self-protection, be more powerful than the law. Give them your tunic as well. Jesus was adamant that our belief in our defense isn't based in our ability to commit violence. That's what the people around him thought Jesus was there to do, was to be a a governmental overthrower of the Roman Empire. And when he wasn't, religious people around him and zealots like Judas got very upset about it. And Judas thought, if I turn Jesus over to the Romans, it will force his hand and he'll have to then battle against the Roman Empire. And Jesus said, man, you really don't know what we're up to here, do you? So the idea, as somebody once told me, well, after 9-11, we had to go kill some of theirs or else. Then that means Matthew 5, Jesus was lying or he's changed his tone. Since saying if you're forced to go a mile by a Roman soldier to carry their gear, real power is then to go too. Getting revenge is not powerful. Getting revenge is being a small victim. Jesus did flip over tables in the temple. And Jesus did get angry when defending people against the establishment and the religious system of the day but he never advocated for violence as self-protection he said you can get angry when you're defending the marginalized the foreigner the poor and the widow the economically disadvantaged but he never said here's how you go get revenge on somebody that does something to you and he made this really outlandish statement that was so against the beliefs of his own race and religion, that this is why religious people hated him. He said, if you only love those who love you and are like you, how does that make you any better than those Gentiles that you think are such horrible people? If you only love those who love you, don't even the tax collectors do that? He was saying, terrible people love their own children and their own family so there there's no praise for you for loving your own people but when you love people that you think unworthy of love that's when you know you're a follower of god as we look at 9 11 and we say wow those people hate us just because we're christian and good it's worth thinking about we are a country that in The very fabric of our celebration of ourselves builds those celebrations around the violence we've been able to create around the world. And if you celebrate violence as a mark of your greatness and as your ability to self protect, then don't be surprised when violence comes to visit you. That's our Bible talk for today.